Have you been back to church again during the time of COVID? If your church has in fact opened again, or are you participating in church services online? How is that different for you? And what is it like for the clergy who also want to be together as a faith community? I'm Sheila Lagminas. You're in the forum. Welcome back. Again, I'm Sheila. I'm here in the forum, and today I have a special guest with me. Very special guest is Father Andrew Logminas, my son, priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, chaplain director of Calvert House Catholic Center at the University of Chicago, and adjunct professor of Christology at Mundelein. Father Andrew, welcome to the pro- pro- welcome to In the Forum. It's wonderful to be back on with you again. It's great to talk with you. We've uh, done this a lot in the past, uh, but we're going to talk about what I just opened with. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Father Andrew? What are your people telling you about during the times when they were unable to get into the chapel or their churches anyplace else and attend the Mass and attend sacraments in person, but they participated maybe in other ways, what it was like for them longing to get back in again and the difference that made. I think there's tremendous longing on all our parts to be together, to celebrate the sacraments, both on the part of the priests and the part of the faithful. Um, And it's just tremendous for the pastor to hear the desire of their people to be celebrating the sacraments, to be at Mass, to be coming to confession, it's just, it's wonderful to be back together to celebrate the sacraments. Um, I think people should be very um, satisfied knowing that their local archdiocese, archdiocese, eparchy uh, has taken tremendous care, oftentimes bringing in some of the very best experts uh, that are available locally and, and even beyond to uh, implement regulations that allow us truly to celebrate the sacraments in a way that is um, safe and healthy. Why? Because it allows us to offer, to celebrate the sacred liturgy, to celebrate the the holy sacrifice of the Mass, to offer the sacraments to the people. And that's what we as pastors pour a tremendous amount of time into, bringing people to Christ, uh, celebrating sacraments, uh, creating opportunities for people to encounter Christ. So we're going to do everything we can, naturally. This is top of our mission to enable people to be coming to Christ, to be able to celebrate in the sacraments. Uh, And if we must do so, if we must do a lot more cleaning and hand sanitizing and social distancing and masks, okay. But we could do this um, because Christ is awaiting that encounter, uh, desiring that encounter. People in their hearts know that they long for that encounter. Um, and whatever we do need to do to make that uh, possible, we will do. Speaking of that encounter by, by Christ waiting in, in his presence and the people wanting to be in the presence of Christ, explain as a, a both a, a philosopher and a, and a theologian, a human anthropologist, if you will, that you explain that for Catholics especially, who really want long to come into their church, to slip into a pew, and to pray before the Blessed Sacrament, the reserved Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle at Mass, you know, at communion, received the Eucharist, uh, why that's so important to them, that it's it's more than a symbol, it's real, and that's the real presence of Christ, and why that's so important to them, and yet they also have to understand there has to be a limit, a limit on the number of people who can come in, but why, Father Andrew, why is that so important to people to be in that presence? Oh, it's Christ himself. I mean, since, the, the, since Christ himself at the Last Supper says, this is my body, Christ has made himself present to us in 
the most tremendous way possible and in a way that is is so intimate to us to be able to receive his own very presence uh, sacramentally in the Eucharist, to be able to sit uh, in church and to be present physically there with Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, to be able to share our, our concerns, our thoughts. And, and in a time of 2020, these years where we are just filled, I'm sure, with, with anxieties or concerns or possible things that could be weighing in our minds, I mean, what better place do we have to go than to Christ to, to share that? And he is physically, truly present there in the Blessed Sacrament, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so naturally, it, that is the solution, to come to Christ. Now, of course, due to the re- realities of some churches, churches are only able to accommodate um, with the regulations so many people at a time. Um, oftentimes there are regulations on how many people can be there at a certain moment and certain other um, necessities that surround uh, being present in church. And I just would invite people to be patient and to, you know, to work with their parishes and whatever those regulations might be. Um, but the solution remains coming to Christ. And if, you know, it's not possible wherever you are, to be uh, physically present in church to pray with the Blessed Sacrament then as you're driving by church to take that moment to make the sign of the cross or as you're walking by church to to recognize that the Blessed Sacrament remains there. Christ remains present. And even if you have to be a little bit more physically uh, distant, one of the beautiful realities of the Eucharist is uh, that even if we are, whether we're five feet, 10 feet, Christ is is there present. And every time we receive him, he comes within us um, and becomes in our, our very soul. And uh, in that sense, you know, we need not be physically distant from Christ. Every time we receive him in the Blessed Sacrament, he is more intimate and nearer to us than we are to our, ourselves, to use Augustine's phrase from the Confessions. So I would just encourage people to continue to try to exercise patience with that, with whatever is possible, but but to seek every opportunity that is possible, that is afforded to them to be present. If it, you know, if they can make it to Mass and to be present at Mass, that's, of course, par excellence, the time to encounter Christ's presence. Um, if there's also opportunities for them to pray privately before or after Mass or at some other time, I would just readily encourage people to take these times. Please, if you've never done so, this is the year to start to cultivate that that life of personal prayer. And the other sacraments, uh, the, the reconciliation, a sacrament that's tremendous in its power um, to heal and to lift the burden of sin, which uh, plagues uh, the soul uh, it just this is a time to in our lives re-encounter the sacraments, perhaps to d- rediscover them or discover them in a new way, um, because the sacraments are highlighting for us not only the most important moments of life in a kind of you know cultural you know kind of anthropological sense, but they are the very moments where our lives in the most profound way encounter God, where we have an encounter with God and are transformed by that encounter. Something is different afterwards. Either a character is imparted or sin is forgiven or the two become one in marriage. It just, there's there's a tr- profound transformation that happens in Christ by his grace um, after that encounter. And so, man, this is the year 2022 be coming to that encountering that it, we, we feel sometimes distant and aloof or alienated or whatever, but no, in the sacraments, all of that is just uh, eviscerated because we come to Christ and Christ brings us to each other. And even if we feel distant from other relatives who we can't see because necessary health regulations or what have you, in Christ, we're all one. Uh, and this is from St. Paul. This is from the church. This is time immemorial. In Christ, we're all one. The saints in heaven, uh, those in purgatory on earth, you know, so just go to Christ, go to the sacraments um, and whatever is possible, you know, run, run to it and make, make it available. And if, if you can't do the health regulations, um, practice spiritual communion, practice the, the, our tradition surrounding the availability of um, sacrament tolls. 
develop a devotional life with the Eucharist, with the, um, the Rosary and uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet, any number of other treasuries we have of prayer. Um, you know, there is no excuse this year not to be developing uh, one's personal spiritual life in prayer, um, because with those adversities come opportunities for greater trust, hope, and faith. And, and, and about some of what you just said, I think it's really important for li- people who are listening to us right now to understand better through your explanation, through your uh, your deep theology. But it's not; it doesn't take deep theology from a theologian to 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 understand that there is something very different about people who say we've. He- I've heard um, some of our our, our um, Protestant brothers and sisters, our other Christians, who say Jesus, the Bible, and me. Or um, going into their prayer, you know, maybe room or prayer closet. I've heard uh, that's that's great. Anytime we pray or where two or more are gathered, and, and all of that is true, there is something manifestly different about the sacraments. Talk about the sacraments as being real, though you don't see the realness. You don't see Jesus Christ standing in front of you. If, if there were a hologram before the tabernacle, right? People would see what's truly happening there. But but the real difference it makes to make that the, the, the confession and reconciliation, to go receive communion, to be in the presence of Christ, the, the true difference that people might say, oh yeah, we'll prove it. Uh, proof is in the receiving of it and the change that will always make in you. Yeah, um, I think people, when it comes to proof, people are looking for tangible, for things that are visible, um, for something with my own eyes I can see or touch with my own hands. <laughs> the sacraments are all about those things, things you could see, things you could touch. You can Now, obviously, it's necessary of faith uh, with faith to understand that that which you see is not visibly the same as it was before. The two who have come uh, and celebrated the sacrament of holy matrimony are no longer just two individuals. They're one in Christ. The, that which appears to be bread is no longer bread. It is truly the blessed sacrament. It's truly Christ's own body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, but the tangibility is inherent in the nature of the sacrament. That is, you, the, the use of visible, tangible uh, things you can see and feel and, and things that your life is immersed in God communicates his own presence um, in those moments through the words of the church, through the form uh, oftentimes spoken by, of course, the priest or the bishop and or the deacon. And these words communicate Christ's own powerful transformation. Um, and in these moments, we encounter uh, not only Christ, the Bible, and me, but there's a, a whole lot more. The whole, the blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, oftentimes we're entering into Christ's own prayer to the Father in the in the spirit, uh, it's the all our scripture scripture is all over the sacraments. Each one of our sacraments are incredibly scriptural um, in, in their celebration and their basis and then their foundation. Um, and it's not just me and Jesus, but it's in fact the whole church and the church triumphant and the church suffering. And so, uh, you know, it's it's just it is a, it's just every one of these are massively both immersed in the, in our everyday life in terms of. Um, signs and symbols that were readily understandable, but something that breaks through, uh, heaven breaking through to earth, Jesus communicating his own presence to us in a way which uh, requires faith because it could seem otherwise so so potentially every day. Um, you know, to see something celebrated every single day in your local church, you might start to feel as if it's, well, how could this be the miracle that it is? Because it seems so quotidian. It seems like it happens every day. And yet, that's the tremendous nature of the sacraments that God has made a miracle accessible to you in your local church every day. <laughs> and now, oh, yeah. and he's true. made a miracle accessible to you for your confession and, you know, and things that would seem, again, like, you know, 
utterly incomprehensible to man um, that when you know, and it's by faith, I mean, the proof, of course, is not something that could be proven, and you might say, um, purely apart from faith, although you can see the effects in people's lives. I mean, as a priest, uh, you, yeah. you see the effects in such a way that are um, clearly undeniable, the effects of, of the, the sacraments received that are not purely just attributable to um, kind of human, uh, you know, you know, causes, etc. But there's there's a real you just see it in such a way that actually helps to bolster faith. Um, but the, faith is um, irreplaceable naturally because it's uh, there's this part of divine revelation. But even just that little bit of faith, the mustard seed size of faith, um, is grown in the participation in the sacraments. Is is bolstered by God's grace, and you start to just with that little bit of faith start to see the reality of what, what what the impact of the sacraments is, that Christ's own presence, if one opens up one's heart just even a little bit, to experience Christ's presence, the overwhelming nature of it, that in fact, God would love us so much that he would, well, I mean, not only come to us, but send his own son to to die for us and to rise to new life and to communicate that life to us through and in the Holy Spirit and in a way which allows us to celebrate it not just once, um, but frequently and potentially every day in our own lives. Uh, so, yeah, I just, you know, in this time of coronavirus and this uh, pandemic, we perhaps, due to our the distancing we've had from sacraments necessarily at times mm-hmm. with the lockdowns and all, um, you know, sometimes when you're distant from something, you be, you you long for it more. You realize you need you need it more because something that maybe uh, you've taken for granted uh, is no longer there. And so in the longing for it, in fact, that can great build hopefully more love and more desire. Um, and if everyone just remembers that longing in their heart that they hopefully had when sacraments were potentially less accessible, the longing they had to be there to celebrate uh, the Mass, to be near Christ, um, that is, that's the Catholic sentiment right there. That's the Catholic sentiment that it is, that we can't just simply replace all our faith and, and practice of the faith with, um, you know, uh, liturgical practices you could potentially do at home, but that as good as those might be, are uh, a replacement for something of rather poor, <laughs> as good as it, it might be. It's, it is nowhere near replacing being there physically present in the sacrament itself. And Catholic theology is absolutely clear that sacraments require in-person participation. There's no virtual, fully partic- you know, full participation mm-hmm. virtually in a sacrament. There's no confession via Skype. Um, you know, for as much as people may request that actually in the, in the pandemic, we, we hold to that because of the principle that a person really, there must be in-person participation. Uh, this can't be, you know, for as much as we might think that there's virtual presence, et cetera, um, being together in person is irreplaceable ultimately. And that's what sacraments testified to. What, what has it been like for the priests? Now you can speak to that for the clergy because the people have for a long time before they were able to get back in their churches again and to some degree or other, depending on what states people are in right now listening to us, some have more access to their church than others. But but for all of those other months when the, before the, any of the churches were really open again and some aren't right now, what has it been like for the priests? Because the people are thinking of how, how much we have wanted to get I know I have wanted to be able to slip back into the pew again and be able to pray there in the pew to be able to access reconciliation penance you know confession um, how, how the names by which we know it to to attend the holy sacrifice of the mass to receive communion how how important that's been to us what's it been like for the priests oh tremendously difficult and, and perhaps a different way because well just speaking maybe personally you know on the college campus I'm, I'm at 
spend so much time and prayer and dedication and evangelization to bringing people in, come to the sacraments, come to participate, you know, let's, you know, let's beat the bushes everywhere to, to get people to come, yeah, come to encounter Christ, be, be here in the sacraments, uh, experience Christ's own presence in your life. Um, one, one thing we're not prepared for is telling people that you can't come and that we're going to be closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something right there, just, and understandably, there's, there's many reasons why, um, early on, we, you know, those regulations were in place, but just the experience of it is something that is, you just don't prepare for. It's so antithetical to, uh, the heart of a priest to tell people that they can't come, but we do that precisely because we also care for people and it's the care for people, the, the care for their well-being, for their solus. In Latin, solus covers many different bases. It means salvation. It also means health and well-being. And, um, you know, the care for a person, and rightfully realizing, especially before we knew really the dimensions of this pandemic, before we knew how it spread, before we knew things, uh, it really, a lot of prudence, uh, understandably, to let's, okay, well, we got to limit uh, in-person contact, um, and so if uh, if your diocese or if your pastor or if your local you know uh, administrator has closed um, and has made in-person uh, sacraments less accessible, just trust me, it was only out of concern and care for the well-being of the flock, um, mm-hmm. and it was probably rather difficult for the priest and pastor to do so. And uh, I just speaking on behalf of all the priests I know. Uh, the longing, the desire on our hearts is to get everyone back right. to do so understandably in a way that we, we don't also want to be the uh, place where people are catching um, a very deadly disease, where people are going to get very sick. Um, and many of our people who oftentimes fall into categories of the more vulnerable groups, uh, we don't want to see them uh, because of us, obviously, catching something very, very severe. Um, and oftentimes as priests, we're, we're very aware of the severity because we're maybe visiting the sick. We're very much in the front lines of mm-hmm. realizing um, the dimensions of a pandemic that perhaps people don't who only see it on TV. Um, that being said, we want to balance that. And so, you know, trust me that there's a great desire in the heart of priests to bring back people as soon as possible in the way that is most healthy and well, um, to see everyone back uh, while respecting the fact that may, everyone might not be able to be here. And we just don't have a playbook for this. We don't just have a... Right, definitely <laughs> so it's, not. We're, you know, oftentimes trying to navigate it with the Holy Spirit. But that's where great trust comes in and the virtues which are perennial are ever more necessary now, you know, patience and charity and faith and trust. You know, I've heard this put uh, different ways, but while the church was locked, you know, your local church, the churches across the country, the faith is is a very living thing. And the faith is always alive and it's always engaged and it's always available. And yet the church wasn't. And so that shows, doesn't it, the eagerness that people have had to get back in there again, that it's, it's, we've heard it before, living stones, the church is a very living place. Talk about the church as embodying the people in the community and why it's much more than a building and while it was locked the faith was very alive and living out there but now we 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 so badly need to be a community gathered again yeah such an important point that the church is not just your local parish building it's easy for people to associate um church equals my local parish building so parish building being closed equals the church is closed etc no the church is the mystical body of christ the church is is the established you know uh, the, the Christ's own mystical presence on earth is the mystical body of Christ. Uh, we, it is, it has, it, it, it meets and celebrates sacraments in buildings, but even parishes, while identifiable with buildings, parishes as an entity um, transcend in some sense. It's a, you know, canonical category that transcends any particular buildings. There are sometimes parishes that, are, that 
exist without particular buildings, and some parishes have many buildings. That's just simply to say um, when a, a, a parish building might be closed, the church is not closed. The mm-hmm. church is, again, the mystical body of Christ. It's the people of God here on earth on pilgrimage, as Vatican II likes to talk about it. And and it, the priests are still celebrating Mass, even if people may not be able to be present due to um, the pandemic. People are still praying, and we experience that. I, I would, you know, I think we just look back on, for example, when Pope Francis celebrated the uh, Orbi et Orbi address. Um, you know, while maybe not that many people were physically present there in, in, in St. Peter's Square, mm-hmm. the church was assembled and gathered. Uh, you knew it. You had a sense that the church universal was was tuned in watching. Um, the church was there present with the shepherd, uh, with the Bishop of Rome leading us, uh, with the Pope. And it's just yeah, I've seen so many examples this year in particular, vibrant examples of the church living and manifesting itself present, visibly present, and in fact, finding new ways to ex- exercise that presence, um, even when the buildings might be closed. And in many places, the buildings might still be closed due to regulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet sacraments are maybe being celebrated outside or in other places, wherever we can. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all looking for new places, but it's still the church. The church is always going to be here, even when the doors are locked, even if... There aren't doors. We've had, you know, the early church uh, oftentimes didn't have always stable buildings. It celebrated where and when it could. So, and yet that was the early church. That was the earliest manifestation of the church. So it's a great reminder for people that, you know, the church transcends this. It exists in heaven and exists on earth and in purgatory. Um, And as we know, in purgatory and in heaven, there's no buildings. (laughs) And so, you know, it's just, it's just a great reminder that, yeah, it's even when the buildings might be closed at times, um, the church is alive and well. So in this time, when, when we're able to get back in again, and we are, in some cases they aren't, and you say they're, they're going outside as often as they can to ha- or, or, or wherever they need to, to to find spaces outside, one one place people are encountering each other, and the encounter is the all-important part of our faith uh, because you know we take Christ into the world at the end of every Mass. The, the Mass has ended. Go out to all the world is essentially the, the, the mission. Mm-hmm. And tell the whole world, take this good news out, take Christ out to the world. So, so the way a lot of people are doing that, Father Andrew, is through social media. So we have spatial distancing, but we're not socially distant. We are as close as, as social media. We're as close, of course, as, as some of the ways people connect digitally through, through um, visual uh, engagement with their family who might be far away or you are far away from your friends within the same town or neighborhood. What, what ought we be doing right now using those means available to us to go out to the world and tell the good news and take, take the faith people are so longing for, craving uh, in, in, the, in the hunger of their hearts in a culture that is you know, so rif- r- r- riddled with division? How do we, what, what, what should we, we be doing? How should we be engaging that? And what's the most important thing right now we, we as, as Christians ought to be doing? Yeah, right now, this is the time where every Catholic is deputized to be an ambassador for Christ. <laughs> every right. Catholic. I mean, this is already a part of our faith, right? So this is already from baptism. You know, you're already participating in Christ's mandate. Um, and there's already a kind of a missionary aspect to the church, which everyone participates in. Um, but this is the time to wake up and realize it because precisely because your local priest, your local parish, your diocese is, is really doing its best to try to work out, of course, how to rethink a lot of things. A lot of logistics are going into making every, you know, liturgy into a very safe experience where people can actually, you know, be as safe as possible. Um, and, and so the parish really needs you now to take up your, uh, you know, mandate to go out into the world and to be that ambassador for Christ, to invite people in, because again, we're more limited than usual in what we're able to do in terms of reaching out to our local areas. Um, every initiative is in some sense much more tentative. People have to pre-sign up in advance in many places. 
places. You know, it's just we're really dependent on you using those relationships you already have, uh, be they professional or, or personal, um, and and reaching out and inviting people to experience Christ. And if this is not the year that people are going to be needing that encounter with Christ, then what year is? I mean, literally, I think people realize certain existential limitations that they have, um, even people who would have felt relatively secure in their lives and potentially less um, in need of, of things. Perhaps they had it all kind of put together and they've kind of built their own kind of domain and, you know, what need do they have of, of something more? Um, I mean, a lot of that has come, you know, crashing down in ways they could not expect it or perhaps limitations or loved ones who have died or fears that have crept in. Um, and if this is not the year to go out there and try to connect people saying, right, you experience that Christ is the answer. Christ is the solution. If you think, okay, how am I going to do that? Just look at the example of Christ himself, the woman at the well. You know, he, mm, through conversation, mm. was able to connect those longings, those desires, those needs uh, with his own person, with his own identity. And so, too, all disciples are called to do that same kind of thing. Invite people in. I mean, don't don't worry. if it, You know, just be natural. Be yourself. Invite people in. But we really do need people to do so. So I would just say that's the first thing. Namely, every, every Catholic is deputized. You are hereby appointed to be, you know, an honorary consul of, you know, Christ Church on Earth um, and go represent the church where anywhere you are. But the other kind of maybe slightly broader point um, is something I've realized in celebrating the sacraments recently. A number of the sacramental celebrations we've had, we can only limit, you know, number of people present in terms of baptisms and things just because we have a small space. Um, so we've done live streaming options. People can, family mm-hmm. can, you know, who are unable to travel for the baptisms or weddings can uh, participate through live streaming um, but actually, what I tried to use an opportunity for a little theological uh, teaching message, namely that, you know, it, this is not the only time and first time that we start to have more people participating in that liturgy than those physically present in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time, every mass, <laughs> we say angels and saints and the whole heavenly That's court right. is present. And so, you know, sometimes the live streaming reality can, it can remind us that it's not just the people here in this room. It's not just a group of humans gathering together, you know, those people who are visibly present here. But in every Mass, um, we have more people than we could possibly count <laughs> physically present <laughs> or in such a way. Crowded. <laughs> it's crowded around the altar. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Angels and saints and, and you yeah, know, right. crowded in the, the Holy Trinity. And so, I mean, it's just it's a great <laughs> reminder that, you know, the, the actual knowledge that there are people perhaps tuning in through uh, live streaming. In fact, those people tuning in through live streaming are in some sense a little bit more distant, uh, maybe a lot more distant to what's going on in the liturgy because, of course, they have to be reliant upon whatever uh, technology, which sometimes is very poor and it just kind of you know pauses and buffers and stuff. Whereas the <laughs> heavenly court is, is, needs no technology in such a way <laughs> through the beatific Amen. vision they can you know participate. And so, yeah, this is a great reality reminder that we're, we're not alone. Well, just to wrap up these thoughts for now, because there's so much more to talk about going forward, and we will continue to do that, Father Andrew Logminas and I, he's priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, chaplain director of Calvert House Catholic Center. So, Father Andrew, we have a lot to talk about going forward, and I want to invite all of you to not only join me in the forum, invite others. So find me on Facebook. You can find me at Sheila Logminas on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Sheila Reports. Email, email your questions and comments to inform at comcast.net and share the, this link to in the forum in your social media. We've been talking about that social media to extend the forum to your arena of ideas. I'll talk with you again next time. <laughs> <laughs>